Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello there, welcome to the podcast. Coming up, Jim Boychuk, a rider fan with a big green S on his prosthetic eye. The monarch butterfly lady, Yvonne Sharples, will tell us about her campaign to bring the monarchs back. And Carolyn Klassen from Connexus Counseling. Please rate the podcast, please subscribe to the podcast, and now, the podcast. Right now, we go to the phone, and uh, we talk to a Saskatchewan Rough Rider fan. Now, hang on a second. Before you get all worked up about me having a Rider fan on the show, there's a reason. It's a good story. His name is Jim Boychuk. Hello, Jim. Hey. Thanks a lot for doing this. So tell me how in the world you ended up with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders logo on your prosthetic eye. (laughs) Well... I was just in the doctor's office getting uh, fit for another one, and uh, as he was painting the iris onto the eyeball, I was right beside him. He, uh, I, I, it just popped into my head. I just said, "Hey, do you do anything funky like uh, <laughs> painting things on the eye?" And he goes, "Oh, yeah, sure." So that's what happened, and he said, yeah, no problem, he did it. On your new eye or your old eye? Now, have you got a backup eye? I mean, you go to a game, you want to show your support for the riders, you've got this eye. Do you have another eye that doesn't have the big green S on it? Absolutely. Uh, It has to be changed every three years, so I have about four, actually. It looks good, Jim. It looks great. Yeah. How do people react? Well, you get that stare, like uh, first they see it, and then all of a sudden they look, oh, what in the hell is that? (laughs) (laughs) It's just uh, to lighten the load, make people laugh. Sure. Everybody has their own thing here. That's fine. Yeah, and I'm telling you, man, it's original. Have you been a Ryder fan for a long time? Oh, yeah, always was a Ryder fan, but uh, just recently, uh, maybe in the last seven years, had uh, the... The season tickets so yeah i know i'm not right up on everything that yeah. they do but but sure in there for the the hype i'll tell you it's fun yeah absolutely especially well i've on said labor this day. Uh, especially on labor day and banjo bowl <laughs> too yes absolutely i've said this before listen we got some pretty loud fans uh, here in winnipeg at ig field as you know uh but you yes. guys out there in saskatchewan i give you full credit there's a great rivalry and we take shots at each other but you fans out there are crazy man oh i know it's it's uh in in the old stadium yet it was even uh more wild than it is now uh you know and sitting out in the open field you might as well be in the field yeah. and uh and and have that much noise in one little area it's just incredible and i'm sure it's very intimidating to uh, you bombers. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Listen, I think if you go uh, uh, onto your field, yeah, of course you're intimidated. Uh, as I said, you guys are incredible <laughs> fans, maybe the best in the CFL. I, I might get in trouble for saying oh, that. but I think they are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, how do you feel about your riders this year? We're 3-0, and hoping to go 4-0 and against the Argos this week, so I think we've got a pretty good team. How are you feeling about the riders? Uh, you know, we're building here. We've got a new coach, and we've got new, a lot of new people 
it, it, but I think we're doing really well. We came close a, a couple of times. Um, but you know what? I cheer for the Bombers when the Riders aren't playing them. So go Bombers, go. And uh, here, here's goes, go to the Riders, too. Jim, thanks a lot for doing this. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. There we go. That is uh, Jim Boychuk, Ryder fan who's got the big green S on his prosthetic eye. Lost his eye uh, from complications to diabetes. And, uh, hey, nice guy. He told me off air when we were setting up the interview, he told me he thinks the Bombers are going to finish first in the West this year. Uh, and I think, uh, hey, 4-0 start, that would be nice. So um, I'm calling her the Monarch Butterfly Lady. Her name is Yvonne Sharples, and she joins us on the phone now. Hi there, Yvonne. Good afternoon, How? How's your day going? Great. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for your email, which was incredibly interesting. Talk about your love of monarch butterflies. Where did this come from? Well, I think we all love butterflies. Um, we're all fascinated no matter what age, when we see them when we're in a park or when they're in our yard. Uh, back in 97, the year of the flood, I said to my husband, let's do a little naturalizing in our flower garden. So we actually went out on a drive with uh, some pails and a shovel and ended up putting some milkweed into my garden. Uh, it took, and within a couple of years, I went out one day and I had some caterpillars. So I was thrilled and kept checking them. And a couple of days later, I came out and there was one little fellow with a dead body. So now I started researching. And uh, stinkweeds are a natural predator. And, of course, they do have a few monarchs have a tendency not to have a lot because the milkweed gives them a bad taste. But I didn't want any more stinkweeds. And we were mosquito spraying in the city. So I converted an old birdcage, wrapped some netting around it, and brought them in my house. And lo and behold, as they didn't go into chrysalis, and a couple of weeks later, I had these beautiful, pristine boys and girls that I was releasing. So that's how it started. I've been doing it for a little over 20 years, I guess. I got very concerned when I haven't had any caterpillars, and I have a fairly large milkweed patch now, but nobody for about the last four years. I spoke to the people over at the Living Prairie Museum on Nest, who are are very educated and knowledgeable when it comes to this stuff, told them where I lived, which is about a mile south of Parker Woods, and they said, well, maybe you're not getting any more drop-off from their migration because that habitat is gone. Right. So I was, I was very sad about that. And for some reason this year, I wasn't even going out and checking them anymore. Hmm. Um, and they're in between my house and my neighbors. And she comes over one day, she says, there's 17 caterpillars. Wow. So why <laughs> the change? Why the change this year? I don't know. The only thing that I can think of is maybe with the continuing decline in the habitat, they're looking more desperately. Mm. I'm not sure. But right now we have almost two dozen in chrysalis, which means within the next 12, 14 days, we'll be releasing two dozen monarch butterflies into the city. Isn't that fantastic? And yeah, I was just saying to my wife the other day, growing up in southern Alberta, and I'm 55 now, as a kid, monarch butterflies everywhere and you don't see them much anymore and we talk about that and we hear about that you know it's the insecticides and the pesticides and all kinds habitat uh, lack of habitat lots of reasons for it so when you emailed me and told me this i thought i gotta get yvonne on this is a great story so this is exciting for you 
uh, this is exciting for me. It's exciting for everybody. And at the stage that we're at now, it's important for people to know because it's so easy to help. Like you can literally, you know, grab a pail and a shovel and go out in the ditch, put some milkweed in your garden, um, give it some time and you'll get some. Leave them out there if you're comfortable with it. Uh, you can buy insect raising tents on Amazon, like two of them for like 25 bucks if you want to go that way. You could even convert a box by cutting out the sides. Just put some mesh on it, bring the, the milkweed in put the little cats on there, and they do their own thing. And Yvonne, you've taken it even to another level. You're on Facebook, and you've started Manitoba Monarchs, and you want people to get involved. Oh, absolutely. Uh, just create awareness, post pictures, um, share experiences. There's a, There are a few other butterfly pages and groups on Facebook, but none of them are specifically designated for monarch butterflies. And in the last 20 years, we've lost... of the monarch population that migrates from Mexico to Canada. Isn't that crazy, eh? So on Facebook, Yvonne's got Manitoba Monarchs, if you want to check that out. Is it just a love for monarchs or all butterflies, all beautiful insects and animals? Tell me a bit more, Yvonne. I I love everything. Um, I'm a motorcyclist, and my husband and I, when we would go on trips, we actually prefer to go by ourselves because we're the kind of people that will pull over at the side of the road because we see a cactus blooming. Right, yeah. You know, or we see we see a, a, a little lizard or something. Um, I am very appreciative that my parents raised me, that my wonder has never ceased. Hmm. And, it, and it's so wonderful to instill that in our kids when they're small because they won't lose it. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, thanks for telling us about this. Thanks for emailing me again. And by the way, if anybody out there has a great story or wants to share something with me, I love it. Hal at CJOB.com. Best of luck with Manitoba Monarchs, Yvonne. And and please let me know when those butterflies take flight. I certainly will. Thanks for having me on. I'll uh, send you some pictures. Thanks, Yvonne. Take care. Yvonne Sharples, the monarch butterfly lady. It is Thursday. It's just after 2.30, and that means we're going to spend the next half hour with Carolyn Klassen from Connexus Counseling. Hello, Carolyn. Hey, Hal. How are you doing? Good. I'm excellent. I uh, heard a rumor that uh, I may be spending some time at a cottage soon. Is there anything to that? Yes. Yes, there is. Yes. Uh, It's a bit of a dream come true, something I never imagined would happen, but uh, I get custody of this little small cottage that uh, tomorrow, actually... Um, we'll be spending the weekend painting and seeing if we can make it a little, freshen it up a little bit for us. I just, I can't even believe it. I've watched all these people go to cottages all all my life, and now I get to be one of them sometimes. Well, I'm excited for you. And you may be at the cottage next Thursday, but you're going to try and call in. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, yes. let's do that. Yeah. If, if you're going to be out there, let's try and do that. You know what? Uh, Listen, it doesn't necessarily have to be a cottage for you, right? For me, going to the cottage is probably the only time in my life where I really relax, mm. where I just go, yeah, you know, I leave that we've talked about this before. You get past the perimeter and you just, you know, the stress level just starts going, oh, you'll be at the lake soon. And and we've talked about being outdoors and maybe it's not a cottage for other people, but it is important to find that uh, solitude, that uh, sanctuary, isn't it? Yeah, I think it, 
we all need a place to just sort of be away from it all and to reset. Um, I'm looking forward to not having signal out there that I won't be able to access the internet. <laughs> and I have some writing projects that have been waiting and somehow I never get to them in the city. There's always sort of one more email to respond to yeah. or something else that I have to get done. And so I'm looking forward to the chance where really the only thing I have to do is just to sit down and write. Yeah. yeah. I look forward to boredom, but uh, not everybody looks forward to boredom. Not Let's everybody talk. does. But there is summer boredom in the summertime, and uh, I, I, we can talk specifically about some stories, but maybe weigh in on that because I think, uh, I'm not so sure the parents are bored, but the kids get bored. But is that a bad thing? Maybe it's not. Well, isn't that an interesting question that we have to ask ourselves? Is that is it a problem if children are bored? This was not a question that we asked ourselves 25 or 50 years ago. Yeah. It was just assumed that children would get bored and then they would have to figure it out. Uh, and what we are recognizing is that creativity is really on the other side of boredom that people need to have nothing to do in order to be able to have space to think of something creative and fun to do. Uh, And in our world lately, the expectation has been that parents, good parenting provides a stimulating environment for the children. And so parents compare notes and do a lot of um, unwittingly, we put pressure on each other to say, so what have you got your kids enrolled in and what are your kids up to this summer? Where there's a sort of expectation that a child's summer is best when a parent schedules it for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And we often are realizing that Children don't have as much time as they used to to figure it out on their own. And there is some advantage to having children get bored and then figure out how they're going to occupy their own time. Yeah. What did you say? What's on the creativities on the other side of boredom? I like that. That's That's great. That could be a book title. Okay. (laughs) I'll keep that in mind. That's good because I think that's true. Like I I remember I have fond memories of, of parts of my childhood. And and not so fond memories as well, as I'm sure most people do. But I think one of the things I loved the most when I was a kid is when I had nothing to do. I grabbed my Tonka toys and I went out and I played in the garden. Right. Right? Nothing to do. What am I going to do? I'll grab the Tonka toys and I'll go out and play in the garden. Yeah. And, you know, the neighbor would get a new refrigerator delivered and then there was this big cardboard box out yeah. in the back lane, right? right? And then you're like, oh, should like should be a rocket ship. Yeah. The boys would say and the girls would want to be a playhouse. And right. we, you know, we, yeah. we, we, you just figure it out and then you'd figure out how to make a rocket ship playhouse, right? Yeah. Like, and so there's just a chance for things to happen. Um, the St. Alphonsus principal, um, he sent out uh, an end of the year newsletter to his students um, or his her students. I'm not even sure what the principal, the name of that principal is, um, and wrote, if your children complain about being bored, you can feel comfort in knowing that you are doing your job and allowing them to grow in the ways that boredom allows. Carolyn, I'm just going to interrupt you for yeah. a second. As you know, uh, breaking news. Cam, jump on here. What do you know? We've got a tornado warning in the city of Winnipeg. What do you know? Yeah, just a tornado watch. has got a little... Oh, a tornado bit of... watch. I want to clarify. Yes. It's a watch, not a warning. Yes, tornado watch uh, in effect for in the city of Winnipeg right now. So just uh, continue to update that as it comes along. All right. We'll keep you posted on that, Cam. Thanks a lot for that. That's uh, worth interrupting. So a tornado watch for the city of Winnipeg. I, sh- I should not- I should also say the watch is also extended to uh, most of southeast Winnipeg as well, as far up as uh, Gimli. Southeast Selkirk, Manitoba, did you say? Uh, southeast Manitoba, yeah, yeah that's okay. what I meant to say. Yeah. Uh, Victoria Beach, all the way down to Morden Winkler as well. So, All right, tornado watch. Not a warning. The warning's more urgent. The watch, though, is important. We got it out there, and we'll continue to update you on that. But a tornado watch in effect for Winnipeg and much of southeastern Manitoba. Keep an eye on the sky and an ear right here, as we say.
uh, at CJOB. Carolyn Klassen is here from Connexus Counseling. I'm sorry to interrupt, Carolyn. Um, but uh, talk, so how do we deal with this? Because the kids will be, Mom, Dad, I'm bored. And, and there is that pressure, I think, on parents to keep your kids busy. But you also don't want to be that parent that plops your kid in front of a screen and, and says, figure it out, right? Right. And I think what we have to do, first of all, is recognize that when your children say, I'm bored, they're then on the cutting edge of being able to have the project of figuring out what they want to do to fill their time. Mm -hmm. And with screens these days, often that's sort of the easy solution. And so children often don't have to sort of wrestle with that struggle of what am I going to do? How am I going to find an opportunity to, that's going to be fun? Yeah. Um, that So often we feel guilty when our parents, when our children say, We're, uh, Mom, I'm bored. And often the sort of the code language when we hear mom, I'm bored or dad, I'm bored, we translate that it is to mom and dad, you're not a good enough parent. Yeah. And then we feel shamed and then we hustle into action to prove that we are a good enough parent. Like, right. oh, let's figure out how, you know, let me provide you with something interesting and fascinating. Yeah. I'll get right on that rather than say, oh, okay, so let's figure out what are some options. Uh, and I looked online, I found um, very quickly 25 summer cures for boredom. There's things like um, go on a hike. Uh, go to a museum, take a nap, walk around downtown, run through the sprinklers, play frisbee, uh, go shopping with, you know, if you take, give a little amount of money and then goes to, you know, yep. to Value Village right. or one of the thrift stores, uh, do chores. That's what my mom always used to threaten, right? Oh, you're bored. Well, I'll yeah, give you. I got stuff for you to do. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and so I think we have to recognize that often screens are the first option and maybe screens can be, um, if not the last option, certainly the fifth or sixth option. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And, and parents shouldn't feel that guilt when the kid says that, right? I mean... Uh Children, I think it's important for us to let our children to be, become bored. It's part of developmental uh, strategies is to learn to have children children be able to be brainstormed, creative, be creative, find mm. ways of occupying themselves, yeah. problem solve. Problem solving is what happens when you have creative, unstructured play. And if our children never have an opportunity to play in an unstructured way, if we mm. if we plan every moment for them, then they don't figure out some of the skills that they need to figure out in order to be really creative adults, and it's creative people that solve the problems of this world. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.